0: podcast midweek the midweek muscle podcast starts now hey everybody it's jay-z bringing you your dose of the midweek muscle happy wednesday and i never thought it would seem so grim to say yet yeah, like happy wednesday in the wake of so much um, crazy news and and all this tumultuous uh, all these tumultuous happenings and just you know the grim reports daily of people not making it from one week to the other so um it's definitely a tough time and so my my heart goes out and so this wednesday happy wednesday i hope you guys are being safe and healthy and and really practicing that social distancing, and, and I know that is hard, and a lot of people are struggling with this emotionally, mentally, physically, um, and just a longing for the connection. And so, instead of me just speaking into your ear this week, I thought I'd share a, a little bit of where I'm gaining um, some of my personal measures to process information and cope. And so if you found yourself listening today for the first time, I say thank you. Thank you so much for lending me your ears and your hearts this week. Um, I know we all can use a little bit of community. And if this is the best way that I can do it, I'm happy to do that for you and anyone in your community who needs it. Um, This is a personal motivation podcast that was brought to you to bring peaceful and positive perspective to the head and the heart issues that kind of hold you back and hold you up. And man, are we in the wake of head and heart issues right now. Um, Heart issues, you have a longing to see the ones you loved and you want to be with them, but um, the head issues are, I don't want to potentially cause them harm or bring them something that they didn't. Anticipate on getting, i.e., uh, the COVID situation. So we're 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 up against a rock and a hard place with all the information that's being shared. What to do, what not to do, um, and so how to process all of this information can be emotionally trying. But it could also be, you know, just mentally, like how do I even how do I even go about thinking about my days or my weeks or or anything anymore. And so again, I, I long to give you a little bit of perspective that can help um, sort of just give you rest, even if it's temporarily, give you some ease, even if temporarily, um, because there's nothing uh, more calming and more soothing than understanding or having better perspective or insight so you can sleep at night. Um, because there's a lot of things that can keep us up. Um, so this week is a little bit different. Um, we're on our f- fourth season, fourth fourth episode. I thank you guys for all of for all of my 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 uh, people out there who make this what it is. You guys know who you are. I wish I could call each and every one of you by name. And if you send it to me, I certainly will call you by name. Um, you guys are the reason why this even has been able to live up until this point um so we're experiencing our fourth year um this is we're walking into the fourth year and man i thought it would look much different than it does right now as i'm sure a lot of us would so if you find yourself as a small business owner or someone who is looking to launch a business or someone who is looking to launch something great or grand this year um the first part of this podcast is going to be um a snip from some of the sharks off a shark tank, Kevin O'Leary and Damon John, giving perspective for what that looks like if you already own a business and how you some practical steps you can take to uh, sort of weather the storm, if you will. Um, I've been working with some small business owners myself, hand in hand, and it is not a very pretty situation. Um, So again, these are some very, very practical steps we could all take to help, you know, uh, weather the storm. Uh, next, after the sharks, I have Brene Brown. If you've never heard of Brene Brown, you must have been living under a rock somewhere. I didn't say that, but somebody would. Um, she has risen uh, as a household name over the past few years with her willingness to open the stage floor and talking about the emotional catalysts that keep us kind of stuck And those two catalysts are guilt and vulnerability. She opened the world up to a conversation around those two concepts. And so, again, she talks about this element of social distancing and what that means for her on her platform. And, again, um, a lot, a lot of great insight. Brene Brown, look her up. She also just launched a podcast this past week or last week. And then lastly, uh, for those of you who are spiritually connected and spiritually in tune and looking for something richer um, or more in depth as far as spiritual guidance or cadence, uh, I finish it off with a a bit of a sermon that I heard over this weekend um, that sort of talks about when your spirit is unsettled and when you're feeling like what else is next and where else to go and what that can look like from a spiritual foundation. So again, a little bit of a different show this week, atypical from what I usually do, but I thought, Hey, instead of hearing it from me, we can hear it from a host of experts that could probably tell the story probably a little bit better than I can. Um, you guys, I totally love you. I, I hate that we're uh, um, being torn by such um uh, crazy times. Um, but I hope that this episode can give you a little warmth, a little comfort, and a little peace in your spirit, if not for the day, at least for the entire for the rest of the week. And even if I only was able to do that for a few minutes or a few hours of your day, uh, I, you know, keep coming back for more. And so again, here we go. We'll get started with our first round of um, experts. And so, here it is. Take a listen.
1: Uh, take a listen. Due to the coronavirus, and while some help could be on the way this week with those new federal loan programs, there are other actions business owners can take to help their company stay afloat.
2: So, to help everyone and get some good advice to help us move forward, we're kicking off our week-long series, Asked. The Sharks with Damon John and Mr. Wonderful Kevin O'Leary. Gentlemen, thank you both for joining us. And we know that you both have invested in a lot of small businesses. And Damon, how has this been impacting those businesses? Yeah, so I'll I'll go first. Uh, You know, my businesses, of course, uh, a lot of the small businesses have to worry now about, you know, how they're going to keep their employees and how they're going to reduce costs. So initially what I'm doing in my company is what a lot of my small businesses are doing is they're asking their employees, what have they not done in the past and where do they see options for revenue? Because a lot of employees think like entrepreneurs, they're just entrepreneurs. And some of my best ideas that we're starting to implement right now came from people who've been employed in the company and they always have wanted to do this and now here's their shot.
3: And
1: Kevin, what about you? I'm telling you, we have to survive. We have to keep ourselves open for the next 60 to 90 days. And we have to reach out to our suppliers. We have to reach out to our landlords. We have to reach out to our employees the key is to keep the dna of the business intact so that when we come back out of this incredible unique situation we have all the building blocks we started with to spring right back into business and i you know i did a call a zoom call just like this on uh, last friday with all my companies and we brainstormed together for two hours the key is to survive just stay alive and hopefully get some of that bill money that grant money Uh, in the next eight weeks. Yeah, and we have some questions from some small business owners, so we're going to start with Ian, who owns a gym. Take a listen. I'm the general manager of Brick New York, a boutique fitness gym based here in New York City. I want to ask your advice on how to avoid slipping into the red as
2: a membership-based small business whose users are currently stepping away.
1: All right, Damon, what
4: can he do to stay afloat?
2: Well, that's funny. I I met somebody who's in New York City as well. They have a gym. You know what they've been doing? They have been leasing out the equipment to their members who are now stuck at home, so they keep their membership price. And then they've been having all their trainers as well as themselves. They've been broadcasting from the empty gym or from home and doing Peloton type of lessons with their community because the community is already paying. You want to keep them healthy. Now they're going to have some equipment that you're not using. So I think that's one of the first steps that you can do to extend this, uh, this this access to your members while they're stuck at home.
4: Kevin, what's your take?
1: Go to the landlords. Generally 33% of the cost of running a gym and say I need a deferral for 90 days. You can tack it on the end of my lease. And if he says no, tell him to call me. I'll post him to 4 million social media followers as somebody who's not playing ball.
2: (laughs) That'll get his attention. (laughs) And, and, And guys, our next question comes from Tracy, who owns a pet spa. Take a look.
0: Is it a good idea for small businesses that have had to close down to offer gift card sales for future use to bring income in now, or will this cause issues down the road?
2: So, Kevin, what do you think about businesses offering or selling gift cards right now?
1: Bad idea. People need immediate satisfaction at the time when they don't have any income or they're worried about their jobs. Most companies that are primarily retail have some kind of list of customers that repeat. So, if you were selling cupcakes, for example, or any other product that was in retail, reach out to their cell numbers, reach out to their email numbers, to say, "Look, I'll ship it to you. I'll send it to you." Gift cards are a tough sell in economic difficult times. People don't think that far ahead. And Damon, what's your take?
2: Yeah, I agree the same thing. You you can't give somebody a promise if you don't know that you're necessarily going to be around. Now, if you're giving, if you have inventory and you are then giving them an option to get the inventory at 50% because you have a million dollars worth of inventory and each customer can buy something at 50% off, that's immediate gratification. But you don't really know where the business is going. None of us know where our businesses are going right now. So gift cards are really bad idea.
4: All right. Our
1: next question comes from Susie in New Jersey with a specialized cake business. Take a listen.
0: I own a baking business that makes custom cakes for special events. The coronavirus has completely halted my business. Can you give me some tips on how to stay relevant and in the forefront of my customers' minds so that when this whole thing is over and we go back to normal, people will think of me first when they have their events?
4: All right, Damon, any tips?
2: Yeah, first of all, become the Rachel Ray or somebody where you're teaching this stuff on YouTube and on our channels. And how do you collaborate with other people that are already selling products and or uh, goods to these people? Do you find somebody who are selling uh, decorations and say, well, my cakes are 50% off if you add this to your mailing list and so you can acquire new customers, but really give a lot of content. Where people can become the best baker they ever want to be once they get out of this situation, and when they're too busy to bake because they follow you, they're going to just buy more and more cakes from you.
4: All right, Kevin, how about your advice?
1: I have a company like that. It's a famous Shark Tank company called Wicked Good Cupcakes out of Cohasset, Massachusetts. Thirty percent of our sales until fourteen days ago were to corporate clients. That has gone to zero. So what we've done is gone back to our individuals Thank who bought from us for special events like birthdays or weddings or whatever and made them a phenomenal offer and basically told them, become part of our family. We're hurting just like you are. Help each other out here. We'll give you a great deal on cupcakes. And that's exactly how we pulled back almost all of that corporate business we lost is now with our family of customers that we've been working with now for five years. People care. That's what we're learning about. People care, and they want to be part of a solution. It's an amazing time in America, but people
5: care. Kevin, I have to ask you, do you live on the shark? Brene Brown has a PhD in social work and is a professor at the University of Houston. For her research on human behavior and emotion, she has conducted tens of thousands of interviews with study subjects and amassed reams of data. She could easily have spent her career in the academic ivory tower. But Brene Brown chose to do something that's rare and dangerous in academia. She made her work popular translating very rigorous scientific research into very human stories about relationships, parenting, and leadership. Your books would be in the
3: self-help section, I think. That bugs the crap out of me. That bugs the crap out of me. It totally does. Why? I don't think we're supposed to help ourselves. I think we're supposed to help each other. I don't think we're supposed to do it alone. We all want to be better, right? Isn't that
5: what you're helping people do?
3: Yes, but my message is clear that you don't have to do it alone. We were never meant to. We so it's are not neuro- self-help. Yeah. We are neurobiologically hardwired to be in connection with other people. And I'm not sure about you, but this is my first effing global pandemic. We don't know how to do this. And by this, I mean we don't know how to social distance and stay sane. We don't know how to stay socially connected, but far apart. We don't know what to tell our kids. We're anxious. We're uncertain. We are a lot of us afraid. And let me tell you this for sure. And I know this from my life. I know this from, again, 20 years of research and 400,000 pieces of data. If you don't name what you're feeling, if you don't own the feelings and feel them, they will eat you alive. Within a
5: day, Unlocking Us became the most listened to podcast in America. Millions of people are feeling very vulnerable right now, and vulnerability is what Brene Brown has been studying for decades.
3: We ask thousands of people that question like, what is vulnerability to you? The first date after my divorce, trying to get pregnant after my second miscarriage, starting my own business. To be alive is to be vulnerable a lot
5: of people associate vulnerability with weakness.
3: Definitely. Bad mythology, vulnerability is not weakness, it's the only path to courage. Give me a single example of courage that does not require uncertainty, risk, or emotional exposure. No one in 50,000 people, not a person has been able to give me an example of courage that did not include those things. Mm. There is no courage without vulnerability.
5: That message has found a receptive audience in an interesting place, the United States military. Uh, sometimes I'll say, "Have you heard of Brene Brown?" And they'll say, "No." I'll say, let me let me kind of walk you through this. Air Force Colonel Dee Dee who's currently the spokeswoman for the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, first encountered Brene Brown's work when she was a squadron commander in Iraq. She's now been trained and certified to teach Brown's techniques to other military officers.
0: Society is changing, and what society needs from its leaders is changing. It needs leaders who can have really hard conversations around things like race, sexual assault, suicide. So to say you get to be a leader who doesn't talk about feelings, that's not possible anymore. Vulnerability is the birthplace of courage. And courage is not doing something because you're fearless. Courage is doing something because you may be afraid and you do it anyway.
3: The most vulnerable people I know are the toughest people I know. Hmm. They're just not posturing blustery tough. They're real tough. So finish this sentence for me. If you are courageous, Uh there's a 100% chance that there's a 100% chance you'll get your ass kicked. You will know failure and set back in disappointment.
5: It's so guaranteed.
3: Guaranteed. Brown says she came across a quote from Teddy Roosevelt, which still hangs in her office. It's not the critic who counts. It's not the person who points out how the strong person stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done it better. The credit belongs to the person who's in the arena.
5: Why is that so profound to you?
3: Because... There are so many cheap seats in the world today
5: mm.
3: full of people who will never, never go into the arena.
5: Like online critics?
3: Yeah, faceless, nameless, who will never start their own business or try to do something.
5: Why you? What, what has clicked? Why are people listening to your message?
3: I think it's just being truthful.
5: You're lessons, your message, is based on data. It's not just you sitting up there saying, oh, I, I think this, I think that. This is all data-driven.
3: It is. It's frustrating, because the data don't say what I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> I want vulnerability to be an intellectual pursuit. I don't want it to be about feeling and emotions and vulnerability. And the data says... It's about feelings and emotion vulnerability and self-love and how you talk to yourself and self-kindness and self-compassion and stuff that I'm not great at, naturally. You know, I've been thinking a lot about why the work resonates and I think what people want the most is they, they, they don't want the lessons, they want to see me struggling with the lessons. Because, Are you still struggling? Oh, God, yes. The teacher is learning still? Oh, yes. I am the worst poster person for vulnerability in the world. Like, yes, I'm still struggling. I try to be honest about how hard it is, hmm. you know, and, and that I think
4: it's worth it. No, it wasn't a carpenter. There is mention of him being a carpenter in the New Testament but the word that is used there specifically is the word tectone. Tectone means master craftsman or builder. It is material agnostic, if you will. Jesus would have been building with the stuff that He had at His disposal, which is stone, which is what He did. And more than that, if you think about the things Jesus talked about, we talk about the things that we know and we have experience with. He doesn't talk a lot about wood, one metaphor. Not judging somebody, not taking the speck out of their eye until you take the huge beam out of your eye, but man, stone metaphors galore. He talks about counting the cost before you build a tower. Why? Because the builder, he would have been building a tower. The Scripture speaks of him as being a chief cornerstone. He has passages and teachings about what your life should be built on. And clue, it's not being built on pressure treated wood. It's being built on stone. Here's how he teaches it. and great was the fall of it. Jesus talks about what all of us who've worked in construction know. The most important thing is the foundation, and it really needs to be stone. One of the construction jobs I led as the GC was a, a, an addition on the side of a house. And it was on a hill, and as we pu- peeled away the dirt, we noticed that on the side of the house where there should have been a footer, a concrete footer, they had just taken the block and they had set it on dirt. You know, Jesus is not a philosopher. One of the myths is He's a good teacher. It's for many of us, teaching is about philosophies. Ooh, that's a new thought I hadn't had. Ooh. You know, here's a clue. Jesus didn't come to give you a new thought. He didn't. He comes to build your life. And He says here, if our life isn't built on rock and specifically on Him, and what's the Bible call Him? The chief cornerstone. <laughs> there it is again. If our life isn't built on Him, whenever pressure comes and tension, we're going to be buffeted and we're going to be blown down. We're going to literally slide down a hill. It's not good when that happens. (laughs) This uh, project I did, once I did that, the house started sliding a little bit more for a little bit. And then people got really upset. And my project was in the local paper and it was call it a, quote, rape of a hillside. Well, that, was, that was a great day in my construction career. Jesus wants to build your life. And if you have anything built on anything other than Him, you're in danger. Why are elections so stressful for us? Why are politics so fever pitch for us? Oh, I hope the right president gets in. Because we're building our life on a presidential candidate who can only be there for maybe eight years anyway. We're building our life, some of us, on a vision for America that might not be God's vision and won't last. America is shifting sand. We're going to be excavated someday. Jesus, His teachings still abide. His life still works because it works. You will build on something. Your body beautiful, and it will shift, and you will age. Gravity is a bummer. Your mental capacity, someone's going to come along smarter than you at some point and get the career that you want to have what is it your life is built on? I want you to know that Jesus wants you to have a great life and he wants to build your life, but that means you and I have to choose to be built on him.
0: So there you have it. Uh, There's some really good stuff there. I know all of these things. I didn't hear it back-to-back, like you guys had the luxury of listening to it back-to-back, but I've heard it in snips throughout this week, which helped me pace through this week, and I know that um, next week is a new week, and therefore I'll have to pace differently then. Um, What worked yesterday is not the same thing that will work today, and so I I recognize that, and I realize that, and I I aim to bring that to you guys, too. Um, I will post the links up to where you can find the sources of all of these uh, SNPs uh, on Facebook. I'll try to figure out how I can do that on Instagram where the links are at least clickable. Um, and then again, if you want to reach out to, to me directly, you can do so, jay-z at muscle.com, or you can hit me up on any one of the social media profiles at The Midweek Muscle. Uh, and, you know, furthermore, I look forward to sharing Spending time with you guys this time next week. I mean, I hope that in the midst of everything going on, that you guys can find time to let the people you care about know that you're thinking of them, that you love them, that you support them, um, and that you find time to socially gather, but not to fill every single hour with being involved with people. Sometimes spending time with yourself is some of the best medicine you can have as well. Um, And so again, i love to know what your insights are. I'd love to know how you guys are managing or how you're like some best practices that you guys are using, whether you're parents, whether you're single, whether you're single and not dating. So you're just out here solo. I would love to hear what you guys are doing out there. Uh, Sharing a little bit helps a lot. Um, So again, I thank you guys for listening all the way through this podcast. If you know someone who could use a little pick me up, please, please, please share this and tell them that I sent you. Um, And then of course, meet me back here this time next week, Wednesdays every single week. And until then, let's do the best we can this week. It's, It's hard to make it a great week with so much dismal news, but let's do the best we can this week is all that we can ask. And as always, let's go.